Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram brought to you by Vodacom Business. Turn your dreams into growing business. Search Vodacom Business SME. Warren Ingram, The Money Show on a Thursday night. Are you switching yourself poor? What is switching? Switching is when we start, uh, let's say we start the year and we've got a, a unit trust that invests in shares. And somewhere in that year, we become a bit afraid about the, the state of the world or about stock markets. And we decide to move the money from our share-based unit trust, let's say, to a money market unit trust, which is kind of the, the typical thing that a lot of investors would do. So that transfer from the share-based unit trust to the money market unit trust, that's called a switch. Okay. Is it an expensive thing to do? Why are we struggling with the Zoom calls all of a sudden? Zoom's been great for the better part of a year. And suddenly, and then we lose Warren. Um, Producers, are we phoning Warren on the old-fashioned cellular telephonic device? Um, Because what we did see last year was an awful lot of switching. We saw markets collapse and people panic. And people taking money out of shares and putting them into other kinds of funds. And I think that's where it costs the money. I don't think the switching itself costs an awful lot of money. Uh, yeah, um, there we go. Warren, I'm sort of half hearing you on the Zoom call. Do you want to get rid of the Zoom call and maybe get on the phone? Um, and then we'll put you on air on the phone. In just a moment, Warren Ingram, he's an executive director at Galileo Capital. He's a personal financial advisor. And... A lot of people switch and are get we, burned. Are we, are we okay? We're okay, I think. Okay, we, we weren't go. okay. Sorry about that. That's all right. But we're, we're, we're back. Talk to me about switching. So the act is switching. So if I switch from a, a, a general equity unit trust into a, a money market fund, that's not what is expensive. It's an inexpensive transaction to do that. You're talking about the opportunity cost, I think. Yeah. In other words, uh, you, you know, you, you, your, your investment, and let's let's stay with the share one because it's so, it's so relevant now in, in the last twelve months. Uh, so, so the opportunity cost. In other words, you you, you moved from the the share based unit trust to the money market unit trust. Over the last year, you would have been really lucky if your money market unit trust had given you about five percent growth from the you know from February last year to February this year whereas your share based unit trust probably gave you around 30 30 or so percent and so that difference is is the opportunity cost that we're talking about and uh, and it's something that that repeats itself all around the world uh, time and time again you know in in, in really tough market conditions uh, already when when the markets have dropped that that seems to be the time when when people uh, make the most switches and I don't want to point fingers just at, at investors. I mean, this is across the board. This is pension funds, it's balanced fund managers, it's investment advisors telling their clients to do it, and then it's uh, the, the, the direct investor themselves. All of them seem to do it at the same time. And unfortunately, they tend to do it at the worst possible moment. It's, it's, it's usually the month where the market absolutely bottoms and then starts to turn. And, and that's the really frightening thing in a situation like this is we, we somehow have this this kind of, uh, as a collective, the, the, the worst instincts uh, as investors, and it really costs us money.
And so this time last year, a little bit uh, after this time last year, it was late uh, March, early April, as markets were falling, I re-listened to an interview I did with you back then, nearly a year ago, can't believe it. And you were telling us back then, stop panicking, stop, uh, don't sell your investments. I mean, there's a huge amount of pressure on investors, for example, to switch not only out of their um, share portfolios, but to switch out of South Africa altogether as the rand was sliding towards 19 and hit 19 to the US dollar as, as the, the stock market fell all the way down to 37,000. There was just this cacophony saying it's all over. It's all over. The ice, the, the Titanic has hit the iceberg. It is taking on water. It is going to tip up. It is going to break in half and everybody's going to drown and those who don't drown are going to freeze to death um and there was panic there was pandemonium and you were saying stop listening to the nonsense unfortunately lots of people did um the guys at momentum have actually got some data on this haven't they yeah and, and i'm i mean i don't you know you know me i don't often talk about uh, product providers and the like but but this is a, a behavioral finance team at, at momentum headed up by paul nixon and what's so exciting for me i, I know it's uh Probably a lame thing to be excited about, but but we're getting uh, you, you know almost live research of real investor behavior in South Africa, uh, and what they found was you know in, um, in the in the month of March last year, really at the bottom of, of the markets, investors switched about three hundred percent more, so three times more than they would switch in a normal month, and and so that that's already one one big factor. So at the worst possible moment. People are, are making radical decisions in really fearful times. And the average value of the switch in, uh, that, 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 that was in, in this pool was around 150,000 Rand. And then uh, the, the, this behavioral finance team looked at what actually happened to the fund that the investors went into. So the switch, what, what, what did that fund do over the, over the subsequent time? And what did the fund do that, that they should have been in, the one that they were in originally and that they switched out of? And what we what, what they find is that investors are about about twenty nine thousand rand poorer because they made a switch. So out of the one hundred and fifty thousand rand, if they had done absolutely nothing, if they would kept listening to the show, uh, and and just stayed the course, they, they would be a, a nearly thirty thousand rand better off uh, now than they actually are, and and that's over a short period of time. That's you know, it's, it's literally a year. Uh, and and you know if you just think about that, it's a, it's a twenty percent difference in one year. It doesn't take long for you to actually keep doing that and switching your money to the point where you've got almost you know nothing left. And, uh, and that's uh, really our, our core message here. No, absolutely. I mean, and uh, for some people, this will be the barn door being closed long after the horse has bolted um, because people are scared. I mean, people get very, very frightened. There is this sense of Armageddon and there's a huge role that is played by advisors here when when it comes to this sort of activity. No advisor wants to um, you know, say to their client, you know, just leave your money where it is and it'll be fine uh, because, you know, three months later, it's not fine and they get shouted at and then they get fired and people, you know, money is a deeply personal thing. So people People make bad decisions in difficult times, and it's just sticking to your knitting so often can actually save you an absolute fortune. I think sometimes when you when you're looking at investments, whether you're the advisor or the investor, you need to think a bit like a like the guys who designed Porsche uh, Porsche nine one ones. You know, the, the car really, if you look at it 
you know, 30 years ago and you look at it today, it's not super different. And, yeah. and you know, the, the ignorant person would accuse them of being lazy, whereas, uh, you know, the experts might say, well, well, they came up with a pretty good structure and a pretty good design 30 years ago. What they've done is they've tweaked it and improved it gradually in very small bits from, from one year to the next. So, so they're improving on something which was already fundamentally really good. And that would be my comment to people in a situation like this, is if your investments were well-structured going into a major big surprise event, I mean, COVID was completely unpredictable. Then the point is you got to start thinking like that Porsche designer to say the design was good when we went in. We were we were built for, for potential market crashes that we didn't know would happen. And now we're in it. Let's, you know, let's trust the design. Let's, let's be like the Porsche designers. Expect the car to get through the rocky times on the other side. Uh, and you know, once we're through it all, maybe we can learn a lesson or two and and tweak the the wing mirror or the the spoiler a little bit or whatever the deal is. But we don't need to change the whole car completely. And it's exactly the same with investments. You don't need to to throw out the whole design. If it was a good design in the beginning, why is it a bad design? Simply because markets fell apart. Good point. Thank you, Warren Ingram. In a moment, Rollin who sent me an email, needs an answer, please. The uh, Roland's question was, I have been retrenched as a security officer for three years and I will be receiving my provident fund money and I want to invest it by buying shares or any other investment, but I don't know where to start. I can't think of a better place to start than asking that question, which I will put to Warren in a minute or two. The Money Show. Personal Finance with Warren Ingram. So, retrenched security officer Rollin has uh, got his money after three years, provident fund money. It takes a long time. Uh, he wants to invest it in something. How does Rollin go about this, Warren? So, so just reading his mail, I'm, I'm not sure whether he's been working for three years and now he has, uh, um, uh, you know, he's going to get his, his provident fund payout. Uh, and, and so, if that's the case, then my first piece of advice, Rollin, is please don't cash in your provident fund. Uh, you, you know, it's it's something that a lot of people do, where they, where they they take their their provident fund money, and and let's just say for we don't know the numbers at all, so I'm just really thumb sucking now. But let's just say it's a uh, hundred thousand rand, and then they say, no, I want the money as cash. I don't want to leave it in a retirement fund anymore. What what then happens is SARS takes a healthy chunk of that money, and it could be anything from, you know, uh, from around thirty thousand rand right up to you know forty five thousand rand of that money that just disappears. That's just tax that's gone. And, and then Roland has the balance to then try and start an investment portfolio. And the first thing he has to do is he has to make up that lost tax that he's just paid and then get ahead. And, and to me, that's a really tragic decision. So, so the first thing I want to say is, if you're still in a provident fund, uh, you can move it to a preservation fund. That, that's, that simply means that it goes from being a retirement fund at your employer to a retirement fund in your own name. Most unit trust companies and insurance companies offer them. Uh, and, and then you can choose a, a, a unit trust, for example, that's, let's say, a balanced unit trust that has a very high exposure to shares. And, and that would be the, the simplest way of, of, of doing this, where you get exposure to shares without paying the tax. And then you defer the tax to one day when you're retired. Much better idea. If Rollins already taken the cash, uh, in other words, he's paid all the tax and it's now cash that's sitting in his bank account, then my suggestion is to look at a, a really simple uh, way of buying shares, very cost-effective, and, and that would be what they call an exchange-traded fund. So, so what it does it'll, is it will track the top 40 shares on the, on the South African stock market, and there are lots of those nowadays. But if you just choose 
you know, an exchange traded fund that choose that that's called the top 40, um, you know, top 40 tracker, th then you can, to me, that's a good way of doing it. And, you know, a place like Easy Equities, that they've got options like that where you can choose a top 40 index. I, I would rather do that, for example, than try and choose, you know, one or five shares that you believe are going to outperform because your, your chances of making a mistake are much higher than just choosing a top 40 index where you've got 40 different companies that will hopefully mostly perform well, even if a few don't. And to me, that would be my short answer to, to, to Roland okay. in this situation. Okay. Roland, thank you. I mean, I would give you a far simpler answer than Warren. So you ready, Warren? Um, you go on to takealot.com. Uh, you can download an ebook or you can order the physical book. It depends. You sound young and funky. So maybe you want an ebook for 185 Rand. It's called How to Make Your First Million. It's by the author of Become Your Own Financial Advisor. It's by a guy called Warren Ingram. And he goes into a lot of detail. It's still my go-to book um, in, in terms of the basics of investing. I recommend you take 185 of those rants that you have got uh, from, your, from, your, um, from your retirement savings and your, your provident fund money and make that small investment and you will save an awful lot of money over the longer term. Um, you're, you're, I've asked you to have a look at a phrase for the week. The things called transfer penalties. Now, this is different from a switching cost. A transfer penalty is something fundamentally different, right? It is, and it's the it's it's one of my one of my biggest bugbears in, in the investment industry in South Africa. So, so typically, what happens is, let's say you bought a, a retirement annuity a few years ago from an insurance company, uh, and and let's say you're 30 years old, and and you know after five years, at age 35, you decide, well, I actually, don't like the performance of this retirement annuity anymore. I'd like to move it to another retirement annuity. So you're not cashing it in. You're not, uh, you're not trying to just switch a portfolio. You literally want to move it from company A to company B. The, the, the law in South Africa allows uh, insurance companies, and it's, it is really the insurance companies, to charge you a penalty, and it can be as high as 25% of the value of your money. <laughs> so if you've got 100,000 Rand in there, it can charge you 25,000 Rand as a penalty for you to move that money from company A to company B. And, and to, just to emphasize, that's your money, they're charging a penalty on it. So they're taking away your money because they're saying, these are fees we would have earned for the next you know, 25 years. You're leaving. We've, we, know, we did a great job for you in the first five years of, a new, of your investment's life, and we deserve to get the 25 or 30 years worth of fees all at once. So if you leave, we're taking our fees, and good luck to you. And, and, and that's in, in the real essence what a transfer penalty is. Uh, and and it's it's I mean it's it's completely legal. It's it's been around since Trevor Manuel's time when he fought this issue and got got the, the the penalty to be reduced because believe it or not it was higher. But 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 that's really the deal. So if someone's got a how does something as antiquated as this survive? I mean we've only got ninety seconds. But uh, just uh, it's just the most bizarre, really antiquated cash gouging mechanism. The answer I've heard in the past is that it was it was a mechanism for. For people who are only able to invest, let's say, 100 or 200 rand a month, to to get advice from a highly qualified insurance agent who needed to be paid properly for giving that advice, so so the way that they justified this was that the the the, the smaller investor with a small amount of money would be would be sold something that would cost a, a, a small amount of money over a long period of time because they were then given you know the, 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 this long contract. Uh, and and so you know it was it was a fair exchange according to the insurance industry. I obviously think that's nonsense. I mean I think 
you know, unit trust companies don't charge these fees if you move your 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 RA from one unit trust company so, to another. So, so this is this is important. So if you've got your unit trust with say your unit trust RA with one unit trust company, um, and you're advised to move it onto somebody else's platform because the, you're you're told that uh, the platform will give you more diversity. You don't get paid. You don't get charged nearly the same amount of money, do you? Exactly. You, you actually get charged nothing. Uh, you know, unit trust company RAs, they, they charge you a pay-as-you-go fee. So it's, it's literally every t- every month that you're there, they'll charge you a fee. If you transfer, there'll be an admin issue, you know, just, just literally the process of transferring from one to the other. But no penalties, no costs, uh, none of this nonsense. And, you know, and that's really the way the industry should be. I think somebody's ripping the ring out of us. I really do. Thank you, Warren Ingram from Galileo Capital. He's a personal financial advisor. He is a director at Galileo Capital. Every Thursday night, taking us through issues around personal finance. You can get our show details on the radio station website. Send us emails, questions that we can put to Warren on your behalf, and he will answer them because he's that kind of guy.